Uh, so today, uh, I'm going to kick off a, a new series that I'm calling The Love Chronicles. And I know for, I mean, maybe some of the guys uh, might be like, oh, he's talking about love. Oh, gee. No, we need to talk about God's love because uh, it's an important thing for us to actually understand and grasp and live out. So starting it today, um, I'm preaching again in two weeks, so I'll continue it then um, and I'll finish it at Easter. Um, so we're gonna have, I'm going to be unpacking a few things across that. Um, we also have uh, in three weeks a, a, a panel. So it's going to have M, myself, Pastor Sandra, um, maybe a few others on there as well. Where We're going to just chat about what God's love means to us, how we've experienced it uh, uh, and different things like that. And so you guys can send in any questions that you might have about the love of God, how it works. Um, Anything that you want to ask about that, you can uh, flick through to myself or to, to M, um, and we'll try to answer as many as we can on that weekend, which is a... Yeah, we're not going to, when we read a question, go, oh, so Mary, you've asked, what is the love of God? We're not going to be doing that. So they will be uh, anonymously read out and that sort of thing. So I encourage you, it's, it, it, it is a topic that, for me, um, was one of the most profound things that I came to understand when I first uh, gave my heart to Jesus as an 18-year-old um, and understanding love. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that um, today because it's something that was a foreign concept to me that I had to, to learn the significance of. So before I get into it, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your goodness. You know, we sang this morning that you are good. And so we claim that, we declare that, we stand on that, Lord God. And we thank you for your love. We thank you that you love us, that nothing can separate us from you, Lord. We thank you for who you are. And I just pray this morning that we would all get a fresh sense of your love in a way that we haven't experienced in the past, Lord. So speak through me this morning. Continue to speak from, from worship and we'll go back into worship after my message, Lord, and I just pray that you would speak through every facet of today to your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so, obviously, when we do the rosters, I've known for a little while that I was preaching today, and this wasn't originally uh, what I was thinking I was going to speak on. A couple of, a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a young adults event um, uh, at the Cheltenham campus and a few of our young adults were there and um, we were talking about uh, faith, righteousness, grace and love and, and Josh, the young adults leader, um, asked me to share a little bit on my personal experience and thoughts on grace and love um, and it got me thinking, I w M, M suggested me and I was originally like, oh, let somebody else have the opportunity, people hear my voice enough and then she reminded me of a, a prophetic word that I had um, a few years ago that talked about me preaching on God's love. And it's not something that, I mean, I talk about his love in messages, but I don't focus uh, on that. So that actually stirred in me to go, you know what, we probably need to unpack this a little bit. And I know that most people sitting in this room know what the love of God is, have experienced the love of God. But I think the more that we understand it, the more that we experience it, the more that we become transformed by his love and can then take that love into our community. 
We can take it into our workplaces, into our schools, into our universities. But it comes from being open to experiencing his love. And it's not just a one-off thing. Like this is a continual choice that we have to make to open ourselves up to the love of God. So what do you think of when you hear the word love? That's not a rhetorical question either, by the way. What do you think of when you hear the word love? Shout some out to me. Acceptance, joy, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was that hope? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All those good things that make us smile, might feel warm inside, and that's what love should be. I feel like sometimes there's a distorted view of the word love in the world. I looked up the definition of the word, and it says an intense feeling of deep affection, which I really like. There's also a great interest and pleasure in something. To me, that second one's kind of like, you know, me saying I love footy. Like, it's like I have a great interest and take pleasure in watching the footy. Oh, no, I can, still appre- I can still appreciate a good game of footy, even if the cats lose. Uh, the one that really gets me, though, is the intense feeling of deep affection. And in the dictionary that I looked it up in, it gave an example of babies fill parents with feelings of love. And then it makes me think of God. If human parents who, and, you know... We're all sinners, but if human parents can look at their child and just be full of affection and filled with feelings of love, how much more does our Father in heaven love us? How much more love does he have for us? You know, church, God has a deep affection for us, a love that has no limits and no conditions. He would do anything for us. And I know that we say this a lot in church. We talk about his love. We say, yes, God God loves me. God is good. He's shown me grace and mercy. But do we understand the depth and the richness and the transformative power of his love? Do we understand that? So my message title for today is A Love That Saves. A love that saves. And it's not just a deep affection, or it's not just a warm, fuzzy feeling, but God's love saves us. It saves us from the world. It saves us from rejection. It saves us from the words of others. God's love saves us from ourselves. The things that we would speak about ourselves. The things that we might do because we feel rejected, we feel isolated, we feel worthless, and so we, we do things to make us feel better, to try and concoct a feeling of love. Because the love of God, when we understand it, has the ability to set us free 
and completely change our lives. For me, it's, it, it's been a lifelong journey of actually accepting love. You know, in the past, I've talked about, um, you know, my relationship with my parents and from time to time it's been strained. But love to me was a foreign concept growing up. You know, I'm 30 and I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've heard my parents say that they love me. And that's pretty much been just from my mum and probably only in the last couple of years. I don't recall ever hearing my dad say it. So for me growing up, love was just this, this thing that was talked about in movies or you read on cards when you pick them up and read them in the shopping centre and things like that. That's where... That's what love was about. And, you know, even at, at, at school with your friends. And so for me, it was all about trying to earn it. What can I do to, to make people feel like they love me or that to, they think that I'm good enough? What do I have to do to, to earn that? So for me, it, it was about earning it. I was like, okay, if I apply myself in school, if I get good grades, then they're going to be proud of me and they might tell me that they love me. Things like that. Or how I was feeling, um, you know, girls. Find, finding that feeling of love and acceptance and um, from, from girls. And I would chase after that because I was, I was missing something, but I could never understand what I was missing. I didn't know what I was missing. I didn't know love. I had this thing in my head that gave me some kind of idea. Well, I thought it was an idea of what love was, but it was a bit off. <laughs> but uh, I didn't know love until Jesus came along and changed everything for me. And I'm fairly certain that I'm in good company here. I didn't know love until Jesus came along. One of the first Sundays... I was at church. I actually think it was the second Sunday I can remember being in church as an adult and was the day that I gave my life to Jesus. Um, Em's going to laugh at me for, or groan at me for talking about this because she, <laughs> I talk about it all the time with her at least. Um, so there's this song by Lifehouse uh, called Everything. Um, and the Sunday that I was in church, they actually dramatised this song. I'm not going to show it, so it's all good. Um, you can find it. You can find it. You can find it on YouTube. It's called the Everything Skit on YouTube. Some people have probably seen it. I'm just um, opening up my phone so I can read you the lyrics to this song. Uh, you can watch it after church, Dan. You can watch it after church. I give you permission to watch it after church. Um, but in this in this skit, it starts with Jesus and then breathing life into a woman. So it's like he's breathing life into all of us. And along the way, things are peaceful at the start, but then all these different temptations come along. And the woman, and it, I mean, you could do it with a guy either uh, as well, get pulled away, further and further away from Jesus by the different things of the world. And I'm sitting there watching it going, this is basically my life just rolling across in front of me as I sit here and in the end like the person's beat 
like on their knees, crouched down, all these different things are attacking them. And then finally, they try and run back to Jesus and keep getting pushed down and pushed down and pushed down. And eventually, Jesus just runs in, stands there as a protective shield and flings back and throws everything away and lifts the person up and, you know, gives them a cuddle and walks off with them. And for me, sitting there going, this is what I've been missing. My whole life, I've been trying to earn something that is already there. I've been trying to earn something that has been freely given. I'm going to read some of the lyrics here from this song. Find me here and speak to me. I want to feel you. I need to hear you. You are the light that's leading me to the place where I find peace again. You are the strength that keeps me walking. You are the hope that keeps me trusting. You are the life to my soul. You are my purpose. You are everything. And the words I think that got me the most then and get me the most now and more and more when I understand as I continually grow in my understanding of God's love other words uh, where are they how can I stand here with you and not be moved by you I love that how can I stand here with you and not be moved by you and those lyrics opened my eyes and I hope they do for you because the more that we stand in the presence of God the more that we can stand on his love we can't help but be transformed we can't help but be moved by his love and so church we need to make a conscious effort to actually spend time with him to know and to understand his love because his love can set us free. His love can change us from the inside out. His love is that thing that we all crave and are looking for. Because the love that we may invest in things in the world are only temporary. They only last for so long or they only work for so long. But His love never runs out. His love is permanent. You know, like, like writing... In a book with a pen is permanent. His love is permanent. I mean, there's no whiteout for God's love. There's no scribbling over his love and replacing it with something else. His love is eternal. It is infinite. It is never ending. And so we need to spend that time. We need to embrace that journey of understanding love. And for some of us, you know, our, our lives have been difficult. Love may be something that, you know, is a scary concept. might be a scary word because of what we've been through at different times in our lives. But his love never lets you down. So I want to encourage you to open yourself. Even if it's just opening that door, a tiny little crack, to let that little bit of light in. Open yourself up to the love of God. Now, this morning, we're going to do some serious Bible flipping. I've got a whole bunch of verses that I want to look at throughout this morning because, I mean, when you're talking about God's love, there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible about 
God's love. Uh, so the first one, and this was one of the first verses that I had someone read to me after becoming a Christian. I'm going to read um, a, like 10 verses here, but there's two verses I want to focus on because they were the first two that I read. So it's Ephesians chapter 2. I'm reading verses 1 to 10. And it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God... Those are two of my favourite words in the Bible because usually whenever it says, but God, something pretty cool is about to happen. So, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. I think these verses are incredible. You know, we go from death to life. We go from slavery to sin to walking as sons and daughters of the living God and claiming our inheritance. We go from objects of wrath to objects of love and grace. From disobedient in community to fellowship with Christ. Like we go from being separate to him to being in unity and in community with him. We are no longer under Satan's dominion, but unified with Christ because of his love. It is his love that is that bridge from separation to unity with, with God. And we need to understand that, that it is his love That is the central part of everything. And our faith emanates from that. The outworking of the Holy Spirit in our lives emanates first from that place of love. So if we choose to turn from the old and embrace the new in his blood and the power of his love, think about the transformation that will come. Not just for us, but, you know, the things that Georgia read out in in offering. We can see those things if we are rooted and standing on his love. We need to understand his love and choose his love. And, you know, this verses 8 and 9, the for you are saved by grace, grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast, are probably the two most important verses in my entire Christian life walk you know there's lots of other scriptures that I love and they are inspiring and they charge me up but from that moment that I accepted Jesus up to now and it's been nearly 12 years those are the two most important verses in my life and it's because one I became free of having to earn love free of having to earn validation, 
free of having to earn acceptance because it was freely given to me by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it's not just freely given to me, it's freely given to each and every one of us in this room. It is freely given to every person on the earth, this love. And so I, hope, I encourage you, that little section, Ephesians 2 verses 1 to 10, there is so much stuff in there. I encourage you to spend some time and have a read of it and actually be encouraged by the words of what it says from where it takes us to where we are because of the love of God. I mean, we all, I'm assuming most of us know, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Think about that. God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us, to be the example for us. God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to be separated from him. He wants us to be in community with him. You know, Ephesians 3, verse 12. In him we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Through that love, we have confidence in his love, which then grows our faith, that we can be encouraged by him. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Because of his great mercy, church, he has given us new birth into a living hope. His love, his grace, his mercy. You know, we talk about the Trinity of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is who we worship. But love, grace and mercy, that little Trinity that define who we are. It is his love, it is his grace, it is his mercy. Those gifts that he has given us that unlock our relationship with him, that unlock our relationship with each other, that unlock the gifts that he has for us in our lives. All of these verses show the power of God's love. And I feel like we need to go back to that place. We need to go back to his love and start there. You want to know who God is? You want to understand more about God? Go to his love. Go and read about his love. Go and read the Gospels. You see Jesus there showing love and grace and mercy in everything that he does. He is constantly showing those things because that is who he is. And Jesus being is fully man, but he's fully God. So if Jesus' nature is one of love and grace and mercy, we can know that the Father's nature is one of love and grace and mercy as well. Church, our God loves us. Why? Because that is who he is. He looks at each and every person here with love. We can go right back to Genesis chapter 1 
So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. And God blessed them. Church, we are made in his image. It says, I think it's in 1 John, that God is love. So if God is love and we are made in his image, we are made in the image of love. We are made in the image of love. And not a worldly love, but a love that frees us, that gives us value and worth. We are made in the image of love. We have been loved from the start. There has never been a point in our lives where our Heavenly Father has not loved us. He's loved us from the start. And I get that you may not feel it. I get that sometimes, you know, he, His love and He feels so distant when things are going on. I get that, you know, depending on your family situation or where you're at, that you hear all of these words that tell you otherwise. This little voice in the back of your head that tells you you're not good enough. You know, you can't do that. You're hopeless. You're worthless. I hear them all the time. But when you learn to stand on and understand the word of God, to stand on his promises, to stand on the fact that he loves us more than anything, you can start to silence those little voices. And so it's time for us to realize that we were made in the image of love and that God loves us. He loves each and every one of us. He just wants us to let him in. So like I said before, just open that door. Even if it's just a tiny little crack, let him in. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. He offers us, offers us love for nothing. And it is for nothing. Because not everyone accepts it. He's like, here is my love. Take it or you can leave it. That's who he is. He offers that love to each and every one of us. Doesn't matter where we've been, doesn't matter where we are or where we're going, what we've said, what we've done. He's like, here's a contract. This is my love. I love you unconditionally. I'm going to love you every day of your life. You can sign it or you can leave it. That's our God. He doesn't force himself on us. He's like, here's my love. This is a gift for you. You're free to choose what you want to do. And so it's up to us. We're given that gift. What do we want to do with it? What do we want to do with that love? And why is his love important though? You know, I'm talking about it, but why is his love important? Because we go from that place of separation to that place of unity with Christ when we, when we receive and accept that love. You know, we can receive it. We can go, oh, yeah. You know, you get given a gift. You, you look at it and go, hmm, okay. Put it back down. That's not accepting it. That's, you've received it, but you haven't accepted it. We need to not only just receive it and not just put it down on a table or put it in a cupboard and not open that cupboard for 15 years. 
but get that gift, look at it, receive it, open it, and experience that love of God that is in that gift. Because if we don't want to be separated from our Father, our Father who loves us, who encourages us, who supports us, who never leaves us or never forsakes us, who empowers us to live as he created us to live, to walk in our purpose, to walk in the plans that he has for us. We need to open that gift and accept that love and let it wash us clean. Isaiah 53 verse 5. This little section of scripture is called the fourth servant song. There's four servant songs in the book of Isaiah which talk about this coming servant, this coming Messiah that is going to save the world. So we know he's talking about Jesus. This was the first passage of scripture I ever preached on. So I have a, quite, a, quite an affinity with this passage. But Isaiah 53 verse 5. By his wounds we are healed. That's what it says. But we are not just healed, we are set free. We are saved. We are made whole. More than anything, that made whole is what I believe for all of us. You know, we could be set free from things. We could be saved and, and see healing, but are we made whole? No other love will make us whole. No other love will make us whole. It is only the love of God that makes us whole. So it's up to us. Do we accept that gift? But by his wounds we are healed. We are made whole. Every wound he was thinking of us. With blood trickling down his head he was thinking of us. When that crown of thorns was wedged on his head, he was thinking of us. When that sword pierced his side, he was thinking of us. When he was tied around a post and whipped, he was thinking of us. When his hands, his ankles were pierced, he was thinking of us. Everything God has ever done has been for us. Think about that. Creation is for us. He saw that creation was incomplete without man and woman, without humanity. And when humans were created and placed in creation, it went from being good to very good. And we were given dominion. So it's time we do a good job with it, I think. Creation is for us. And we kept stuffing up along the way that God sent us Jesus. Jesus came to the earth for us. Because we'd made a mess of all the things that God had asked us to do just to worship him. He, maybe he realised, oh, I've asked too much of these people to try and keep up with all of these. So I'm going to make it easy for them. And that's what he did. He sent us Jesus. And Jesus was sent here for us. The collective body of Christ, church. It's for us to find encouragement, to find support, to find our community of people that we can do life with, 
and stand with, who will pray for us, who will call stuff out, who will be there for us through thick and thin. Yes, church is about worshipping God. We come, co- come together collectively to do that. But we can worship God in our homes. We can worship God in our wardrobes. We can wor- worship God. No, I, some people laugh. I've got a friend who legitimately his prayer space in his house was 11 p.m. on a Friday night in his wardrobe. There was one Friday night he was in there hanging some stuff up and the power of the Holy Spirit just hit him there and that became his prayer space in his walk-in wardrobe. But we can worship God wherever we are. But for us, this is our community. This is our family that stands with us and encourages us. So while components of church are for God, church is here for us. He has given us all these things because he loves us. And we are made whole through his resurrection, through him conquering sin and death and rising again. We're no longer excluded, but we are part of God's family with him. We are part of God's chosen and elect because of that love. Ephesians 3, verse 6. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body and partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. There is no separation. There is no separation in God. Love has no colour. Love has no culture. Love has no creed. God's love is there. It is for everyone. It's not just this group of people or this group of people or this group of people that can experience God's love. God's love is for everyone. No ifs, buts or maybes. God's love is for all of us. And it's for everybody who's not in this building today. God's love is for everyone. And we are nothing without love. We cannot respond to hate with more hate. We are called to love first. Like, think about it. While we were still sinners, while we were still God's enemies, he loved us. Didn't matter what we did, God loves us. While we rejected him, even then, he still loved us. Look at Jesus when Pilate presented him and Barabbas to the crowds and they chose Barabbas. Jesus didn't just go in there and go, hang on a minute. I'm here for all of you because I love you. You should be choosing me. He's like, okay, they can take him. I'm still going to go to the cross. I'm still going to die for everyone because I love them. Everybody here today, I want you to hear this. God loves you. There are no ifs, buts or maybes about that. God loves you. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. His love is extravagant, it is unconditional, and is outside of human comprehension. You know, I think about the father in the story of the prodigal son. His son's gone and blown his inheritance and then crawls back because he's run out of money 
And he's like, I just need work because I need more money. And the dad goes, don't worry about that. Here's a cloak. Here's some sandals. Here's a ring. He's immediately restored and brought back into the family. There is no separation. He's given security and value. And our Heavenly Father does the same for each and every one of us. He welcomes us into His family. And all we have to do is receive that gift and accept it. We need to understand that we are loved so that we can love. Amen. We need to make space amid the words and the circumstances to hear, know and receive his love. No matter what, the wor- what words are being said, no matter what is going on in our lives, God's love does not change. God's love never changes. Unlike the world and different things can change, his love never changes. And even if stuff is going on in our world, even if people are saying stuff, his love never changes. Love. That old rugged cross, a vehicle of death, despair and desolation, became the symbol for the love of all loves. The hope-giving, joy-bringing, soul-saving love that can never be eradicated and never runs dry. Amen. Hallelujah. That is the love of God and that is the love that we have access to. He keeps no record of wrong. Unlike the world who, who keeps score on love, God doesn't. 1 John 3.1 See what great love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. He lavishes His love on us. And we are made His children because of His love. I'm not going to read all of this section, but Psalm 63 verses 1 to 5 is an incredible array. David is in the wilderness and he writes this psalm. And some of the language in it is incredible. Like he starts, God, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. But verse 3, my lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. His faithful love is better than life. Remember, every wound, he was thinking of us, church, and his faithful love is better than anything in this world can ever offer us. Psalm 40, verse 2. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure or a firm place to stand in the NIV. His love is that firm place for us to stand. His love is the rock on which we can stand. And this isn't a silly love. You know, some of you may have seen the movie where there's the guy and he's just pointing at things and going, I love lamp. I love lamp. It's not a silly love or a temporary love. God's love is all in for all of us at all times. Hear this today. You are loved by the creator of the heavens and the earth He will never leave you or forsake you. You are his special possession. You are saved and made whole by his love. End of story. Can I get the band to come up, please? Now, there's a passage in Scripture that I'm sure we've all uh, at some point read. I'm just uh, opening up in the 
translation that I want. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I reckon we've heard it read at just about every wedding that we've potentially ever been to. But I really like the way that the Passion Translation says it. So 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 7. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honour. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offence. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. That is the love of God. That is the love of God. And I love verse 5. Does not traffic in shame and disrespect. God's love makes us whole, church. Let his love save you and make you whole. And so it's time for us to open ourselves up afresh to his love. Because receiving his love and accepting his love is the most important thing that we can ever do in our lives. Let's pray.